Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. statistics, one person dies every 12 seconds in the U.S. Think about it. That means by the conclusion of this video, five people will have already entered into eternity. Do you know where you will spend it? How about your parents, your grandparents, your friends and teachers? We need to have a passion birthed within us to be soul-driven and an urgency to fill heaven and empty hell. The time is now. A generation is waiting. There's no time left to waste. We are the ones. And I can't tell you how excited I am for Upper Conference this year. I promise it is going to be the best thing you've ever gone to the entire year. We just got back from an amazing event where almost 60,000 believers were there. And I tell you what, I've been on fire for conferences. We started it seven years ago. But even now, something has been birthed in me for the Northeast. I want to encourage you, if you're anywhere within driving distance, and I'll tell you what, we've had people drive all the way from Houston, Texas. God is doing something in this generation. There's over 40 million people between the ages of 12 and 19 years old. We need... A, a, a group of people that are willing to cause an uproar. Christians are by and large the greatest majority, but they have the minority voice in the direction and the way things are going. It's time that we step up, be who God has called us to be, and take this generation back. I'd love to see you at conference this year. I know your life will be forever changed, and this is for youth and young adults. If you're a leader, if your leader might be watching, if, if your leader's on the fence about coming, if, if uh, your pastor or small group leaders have never heard of the Uproar Conference, I want to encourage you to tag them, share this with them. July 25th to, through the 27th, it is a 100% free conference because you shouldn't have to pay to hear the gospel. We have some of the most amazing ministers coming here that will absolutely speak to your heart and help launch you into what God has for you. We are about seeing salvation, freedom, and mobilizing you to turn your world upside down. This year we're joined by Chris Estrada. 
Pastor Josh Carter, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., Pastor Manny Arango. We have Social Club Misfits and uh, Ty Brazel. They'll all be joining us for a weekend where your life will be flipped upside down and you can turn your world upside down as well. So look, I'm, I'm so happy that we get to do this Facebook Live. And I want it to be a little bit more interactive today. So if you can go ahead and comment on this, I'm watching. I'd love to see what you have to say, what, what God is speaking to your heart where you're watching from as well. Go ahead and share it with a friend. Let somebody know that God is moving in this generation. And if you need some notes on this, they are on the website under the blog. All of our podcasts, all of our Facebook Lives are now also going to be in a blog on the website. So if you'd like notes, you can go ahead and head there right after so you can follow along with what we're talking about. Today, I want to talk to you about why most people leave the faith when they go to college. The statistic is almost 70% of teenagers leave Christianity in the church their first year of college. And it's an epidemic. We've seen it, and I hate it. I hate watching people serve Jesus all through high school, be in church, be in worship, and then the minute they get some freedom, they start exercising what was really in their heart the whole time. So there's a way we can get around this. There's something that we need to establish inside of our heart. There's some things that we need to do. Because ultimately, the actions in college are simply things that have been dormant in the heart until there was an opportunity to take advantage of what was there. There's no supervision. And the atmosphere absolutely solidifies something that isn't of God. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you today to find in your heart anything that's not of God and remove it as we go through the teaching. We have a choice to serve whatever God we want to serve in our life. I've watched some people, they serve an attitude or a thought process. Other people serve a liquid. Some people I know, they serve a substance. Some people, they serve another person. Most people serve themselves. But in reality, if you want to serve the one true God, all of those other gods need to be pushed out, and God needs to be placed at the center of our life. I want to talk to you about three different places and positions we can hold in our life and where God sits on our heart. You ready? I'm excited about it. The very first position, just as we talk about, I want to set a standard. Some people, what they do is they serve themselves, and we can, we're going to call this position Mehovah. You are your own God. You serve your God and your desires. The next position is you share a, a, a shared throne where God is halfway on and you're halfway on, and it depends on the situation and the time as to what direction you'll go. We're going to call this half-hova. But in reality, who deserves to be on the throne is Jehovah, God Almighty himself. And How do we get there? Why is it so important? And how do we make sure the others are combated? I want to start off in Luke chapter 5, verse 3. You can go ahead and turn your, turn your Bible. Whatever you're going to do, write it in, your, in the comments real quick so people watching back can see where we're going. But Luke chapter 5, verse 3, it's really interesting because this is the second recorded time Simon Peter encounters Jesus. The first time was when his brother Andrew introduced him. And the second time is right here. We find Peter is fishing, and he gets on a boat. And after he's done fishing, they caught nothing all night. And we find him cleaning his nets out on the shore. Jesus approached him and said, can I use your boat? And he pushed off a little bit. And Jesus preached the message. And when Jesus was done preaching the message, he turned and he looked at Simon Peter. And he said, cast your nets to the other side of the boat. And Simon Peter looked at him and he said, we've, 
I'll read it real quick, down in verse 5. Oh, I'll, let's start in verse 3. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to push a little distance to the shore. He sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water, lower your nets for a catch of fish. Simon Peter replied, and this is verse 5, Master. I don't know what Jesus taught on the boat in this first interaction, but it's powerful because he had been introduced by his brother that Jesus was the master, but now he owned this in his heart that Jesus was the king, that Jesus was the master. And the crazy part is, Jesus didn't know anything about fishing. He had just fished all night. But we need to make a decision. Who is Jesus in our life? Is he an idea? Is he a concept? Is it something that we show up? Or is he the master of our life? And this is the decision we have to make that we get to make. And it's interesting because he said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your word, I will. I love Peter's heart here where he said, it doesn't make sense to me. I, you might not know how to fish, Jesus. But right now here in this moment, I'm declaring you as my master. And whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. We need a heart like that. It says, I, it might not make sense. It might not be the fullness of what I desire to do. I might be tired. I might be beaten down. I might be a little bit weary. But if Jesus said it, that's what I'm going to do. And when we can make a decision or a heart like that, we've actually transferred to truly serving him as our Lord. Most people I know, they serve him as a savior because he has a benefit package of an eternity away from hell. But the reality is, he's not just here to be our savior, he's also here to be our Lord. And if we can transition our lifestyle from just savior to Lord and savior, it unlocks everything that he has for us. Because when Simon Peter cast his net on the other side, the Bible says that he caught so many fish that his nets began to rip and his, his friends had to come over and help him drag in the catch. See, what Jesus is trying to place in your life as your Lord is blessing and prosperity and increase. But what most of us do is we serve him as Savior, and if we see an opportunity for increase, we'll kick him off. If we see an opportunity to, to elevate, we'll often completely kick him off the throne and make us the Lord of our own lives. We can be honest. The decisions we've made without him as Lord in our life got us into a lot of trouble. Like personally, I know I, got, I did a lot of stupid things. And there's a certain point where we're sick of what we're going through. We're sick of what we're doing. And we need to make a decision that I'll never return to those desires because it didn't produce what I was actually looking for. Some people would look at it and say, well, it's scary that I'd have to just follow something else and I can't do what I'd want to do. It's almost like being put in chains. Can I tell you, it's not chains. What's chains is the sin and the desires and the things that are holding us back. We talked about them last week on the podcast. But what Jesus is trying to put on us, he said in Matthew chapter 11, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's easy and it's light because that's what we've been designed to carry in this life. We were never designed to hold and carry sin. We were designed to hold and carry his plans and his purpose. And when we love Jesus, we have a, a level of intimacy with him and a level of obedience. What happens is we start to walk into what was designed for us, what was easy for us, and we can actually throw the chains off. We need to make a decision that I'll be obedient to God no matter what, that he's not just my savior, but he's my Lord. 
And obviously, there's a lot more inside of this, and a lot of people struggle with this. But at the very end of the day, lordship is about relationship with Christ. That's what he wants. When, when, when it's lordship, it's not about control. It's not about slavery. It's simply living inside of the expectations of Christ, but outside of religion. And that's what relationship looks like. I'm not just going through motions because I have to. But I'm going through this in a relationship that keeps me inside of the expectations that Christ has on me. And when we can have a lordship like that, can I tell you it opens up a give and take relationship that the Lord's going to give, the Lord's going to give, the Lord, and it's going to be exactly what we had wished it was. We need to make a decision that I'll serve him out of lordship, not religion. And I know when I can serve him out of lordship and not religion that I can see mighty things. Look, it's a decision that's every day, every hour, every minute, and every moment to keep them on the throne of our heart. There's distractions left and right, but we need to make a decision that I'll not be distracted. I'll push into whatever God has for me, that it doesn't matter. I might have been fishing all night like Peter. I might have been trying to do things on my own. I might have been trying to fulfill whatever I had desires for. But from this day forward, Jesus will be the Lord of my life. Now, what we've been saved from is Mehovah sitting on the throne of my own heart. And that's never going to produce what we wanted. That's ultimately what Jesus saved us from. There's main issues. There's two main issues inside of, uh, of Mehovah. Is the, the first one is honestly is commitment issues. When we never actually settle down and pour our hearts into anything, we want to be wild, free, do whatever we want, whatever looks good, whatever's easy. But Jesus said, it, said to the crowd like this in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do the things I've asked you to do? See, when we've made a commitment to Jesus, in John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. When we've made a commitment to love the Lord, we'll do what he's asked us to do. And if he's really the Lord of our life, there's not commitment issues. We're fully sold out. We're all in with what Jesus has. I want to see a generation that's fully committed to Christ. Because when we're fully committed to Christ, when we go to college, when the high school parties are there, when the boy or the girl's knocking on the door, when Snapchat is blowing up at 3 in the morning, when he's the Lord of our life, those things aren't interesting anymore because we have the greatest relationship we could ever have. We found the greatest love we could ever have. And we're ultimately fulfilled at the begin in the middle of our heart. See, he explains that our response of obedience isn't just important, but it's essential if our desire is to live a stable and blessed life. And that's what God has for all of us. The second main issue that I see inside of, uh, of Mehovah is very simple and it's very sad, and that's honestly selfishness. Most people look at, a, at this relationship more, more oh, what can I get? And they'll serve God-ish. Not really, they're still serving themselves, but they're just chasing a safety in eternity. See, I, I want to encourage you not to be that kind of person. What Jesus has for you is real relationship. Don't try to enter into a, a, a religion for safety, because there is no safety inside a relationship with Christ. Can I tell you, it's the most amazing thing, but it's not going to let you sit back and be bored. It is absolutely wonderful. It's absolutely powerful. It's everything that you're looking for. But when we serve ourselves, it's out of selfishness or commitment issues. And I want to challenge you. I have a friend, he says it like this. He was, and he's a pastor now, it's really powerful. Great man of God. And he said that he, he did meth 
for about two years and sold. And his eyes, he said that he was so gone, his eyes were black. And he ended up getting caught selling, and he went to prison for it. And in prison, he had a wild encounter with God, and he sat back and he thought how he had wasted two years of his life, and he was going to be determined to give the rest of his life to Christ. See, my question for you is, you've given how much time? You've given years, years, maybe months, to what you're serving right now, and it's not producing the expectations that you'd have. What would it look like if you fully committed to Christ for six months from this day forward? I promise you'll never look back. But the greatest epidemic of why people leave, why we don't fully serve Christ, is we share the throne of our heart. And we're calling this half hova. We half cheek it with God on the throne. It looks like this. And honestly, it will never produce a fullness. When we share the throne, it's to protect our own desires, interests, and fears. And in all honesty, it is sharing the throne that you've claimed to, be, to have given to Christ. If we've given him our heart, we have to give him our whole heart, nothing less, and all the time. We can't grab back control. We can't fight for our desires. Now it's all him, all our desires. See, Paul said it like this to the, I believe it was in Corinthians. He said, you're not bound by us. You're bound by your own desires. See, I want to see a generation that's bound by their desires for Christ and dead to their sin in the world, according to Romans chapter 6. The reality of half hova is we'll either allow God to slide all the way onto the chair or we'll eventually kick him all the way off because our desires will determine the course of our life. Either all the way on as, as your God or all the way off, it's your choice today. Sadly, most people over time, what they do is they, they, they push God completely out of their life. If he's not the Lord of your whole life, he's not the Lord at all in your life. And when we get to college or we get the opportunity, that's when most people take the throne of their heart. They take full control and we see them walk away. But when we take full control, there'll never be full satisfaction. There'll never be full joy. There'll never be full peace. You'll never actually be able to be blessed. You'll never actually be able to walk in your purpose. You might have success, but you'll never have satisfaction. What Jesus is offering as the Lord of your life is everything that you're looking for, everything that you need, and everything that you'll ever fully desire in this life. God has these things in store for you. But often, we, we serve me, hope, or we serve us as our own God, or we serve God when it's convenient or it works in our desires, and then we'll kick him off because we're half-cheeking in the throne. Why most, college, why most students walk away when they get to college is he's not actually the Lord of their life. He might be the Lord of their life at youth group, and he might be a good idea. He might be the Lord of their serve team. But if he's not the Lord of our hearts, then eventually we'll walk away. What we need to do is we need to make sure we've given him every single thing out of love because that's who he is. That's what he died for because he loves you and we should respond in the same kind of love. What's sad to me, and I'm sure it breaks God's heart even worse, is that people believe they're really doing well, but they're never actually fully committed. What it boils down to is a full surrender and seeking of Jesus. Jesus said it in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25. He said, if anyone, that's you, that is anybody, the worst of the worst, or even the goody two-shoe that hasn't accepted Jesus, if anyone desires to come after me, they must first deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me daily. And when we can do that, verse 24 says it like this. It says, for if any man desires to gain his life, they must lose it. 
because if they lose it, they'll actually find it. And verse 25 says this, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? See, I don't think that sin has any great power. According to the Bible, it doesn't. But what holds great power is our desires. We need to die to our desires, take up the cross of Jesus Christ, serve him fully. Because what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? I want to encourage you today to seek first the kingdom of God, to seek his righteousness, and everything else that you've been worried about will be added to your life. And have a prayer, have a heart check even today. Even right here, right now. Check your heart. God, what am I serving? Who am I serving? Are you the prize of my life? Or are you just a good idea? Are you the prize of my life? Or are you just something that I fit in? Do you fully have control of my heart? Or is it something that I'm in and I'm out with? And today, if you're saying, you know what, maybe he's not, the full, he's not fully the Lord of your life, but you allow yourself to take over. Or maybe you're just serving out of religion. Today's the last day you ever have to do that. You can make a decision to give all of you, all of your desires, all your distractions, and give your heart fully to Christ. Not just as your Savior, but as your Lord. Can I tell you that right now Jesus is the prize and the portion that you're looking for? I would hate for you to encounter the miraculous, but never encounter Jesus. Maybe you're even saying, well, I think my heart is pretty good. Here's a great question. The strength of your heart is determined by how easily it's distracted from Christ. How easily are you distracted by Christ, from Christ? And if it's easy, if it's at all possible, I challenge you to determine today that he be the Lord of your whole life. I don't want to see anybody get to college serve an amazing time in youth ministry, have amazing encounters, but not fully give their life to Christ so that when they get to college or when they get the opportunity, they walk away to experience the things of the world. What the world has, has to offer pales in comparison to what Jesus Christ has for you. Today is your day. Now is the moment to fully surrender to Jesus. I want to encourage you. If, if, you, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, you can pray right now. Go ahead and inbox me. Go ahead and let conference know. You can let us know today. Leave a comment. Reach out to us. If you're reading the, the, the blog, go ahead and comment below. But I want to encourage you to never walk away. You need to fully surrender. And when you fully surrender, everything you've been searching for in the world will be taken and you'll find it in Christ. So, Father, thank you. We believe that today you're working on our hearts. Speak to our hearts even right now as to what you'd have for us to do, as to what, what distracts us, what we need to surrender to you so we would never walk away, but we can walk in the fullness of you, the fullness of relationship for the rest of our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If you just prayed that, man, I want to encourage you. Run faster than ever. Don't look back. And we'd love to see you at the Upper Conference, July 25th, 26th, and 27th. Because we're turning the world upside down, and we can't do it without you. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.